like to invite you to take up your Bibles. Now we're going to be going over to the Gospel of John, chapter 17, and I'll be reading verses 15 through 21. My prayer is not for you to take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me, and I am in you. May they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Today we are going to be continuing our series, The Seven Signs, uh, with Jose Rojas, and today's message is the sign of his character. There is singing up in heaven, such as we have never known, where the angels sing the praises of the Lamb upon the throne. Yes, their harps are ever tuneful, their voices always clear. Oh, that we might be more like them as we serve the Master here. Holy Holy, that's what the angels sing, and I expect to help them make the courts of heaven ring. But when I sing Redemption's story, the angels will fold their wings. For angels never felt the joys that our salvation brings. Wait, I hear another anthem, blending voices clear and strong. Unto him who has redeemed us and has bought us is that song. Oh, we've come through many trials, battles fought, victories won. All for him who has saved us and has said to us, well done. Holy, holy, that's what the angels sing. And I expect to help them make the courts of heaven ring. But when I sing... Redemption story. The angels will fold their wings. For angels never felt the joys that our salvation brings. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for Jesus, the reason for our faith. Tonight we ask that you may show us your son again. Speak to us, Lord. We continue to listen. In his name we ask. Amen. Tonight's sign is a sign of his character. 
You know, when you talk to military people, they talk about character. That you need character if you're going to wear this uniform. Character, that's what it's about, character. And other people uh, say, you know, that character is about personality. Character may include personality, but it's also about values. Your character is a demonstration of who you are through what you think is important. Someone once said that when we go to heaven to live forever with our Lord, we're going to have a new body. We're going to have a new name. There will be no more sin. The old things will be gone. Everything God says, behold, I make all things new. But the only thing you will take with you will be your character. One day... I heard that Christ's character, the character of Jesus, could be revealed in his people. And I remember when I first heard about this subject in the late 1970s and early 1980s, it was as if a bomb had exploded among Christians. There was a huge fight over the character of Christ. Now think about that for a second. We're talking about Jesus' character, God's only son, and there's a huge fight. You would go to a church, and people would be fighting about it. You, from one side, you would hear, the character of Jesus will be reflected, and we will all be good. We will all be holy. Yes, I might hit you, but we will all show his character. Amen. Some people said that the character of Christ means some perfection of character. That means you will make no sin, no mistakes. Others were saying, that's impossible. We, we, we all make mistakes. We all are sinners. It's grace alone. And others said, no, it's perfection alone. And this went back and forth, and nobody got along. Imagine, we're fighting over the character of God's only Son. I don't think the Lord intended for people to fight about God's character, much less the character of Jesus. The character of Jesus is not so much a debate. I remember uh, in another church, there was a, a, a discussion about the relationship between faith and works. Some people said salvation means that you have faith. Salvation only comes through faith. Other people said, no, you also must demonstrate through works a life of faith. And they went back and forth. And, and it turned into a spiritual food fight. Students know what I'm talking about, but for those of you at home who aren't sure what I'm talking about, now think about this for a second. You're in a school, a very, very big school. The first time I saw this, I was in shock because I came from a home that was very, very poor. I remember in 1968 when we ran out of food. It's a desperate thing when a poor family runs out of food because in many homes, when you run out of food, you simply go to the store and buy more. Now imagine running out of food and you don't have money to go to a store and buy more. And your food stamps have run out. So what do you do next? And you certainly, certainly cannot go to Disneyland. I'll never forget this. We were in a cafeteria at a very large school. And there were hundreds and hundreds of students eating there. When suddenly two students threw peanut butter sandwiches at each other. And another student threw a bologna sandwich then another student threw a bowl of spaghetti and suddenly as if it were a spontaneous eruption everybody hundreds of students began to throw food at each other 
people ran out in panic as food flew by the pounds throughout the room. And then trays, you know, when a tray hits you right about here on the edge, that could be the end of a perfect day. (laughs) This thing got so violent, they had to call the police. And all you could hear was, food fight, food fight. And, And I'll never forget that because food, in my view, is for eating. I had never thought of throwing it. A phenomenon that can only happen in an industrialized nation where there's so much extra food, you can throw it away. I attended a meeting one day at the United States Chamber of Commerce, right in front of the White House on the uh, southwest corner of the property. The Chamber of Commerce is a stately building made out of stone. I come from California where everything's made out of wood, so it manages earthquakes. When we walked in, members of the administration were there to brief us on how things were going in the United States of America in terms of the economy, in terms of commerce, in terms of the business of the nation. And I recall somebody standing up to give us a report. And in that report, they said to us, in the United States of America alone, this is not including Canada or other industrialized nations, in the United States alone... 90 million tons of food are thrown away every day. While there are people, three people per second, dying of hunger around the world. Think about the enormity of that. And you say to yourself, well, that's a terrible waste of food. That we actually have cultures among us where to finish your plate is, is not uh, good etiquette. I remember I ate at someone's house once, and I cleaned off the plate. I still grabbed a piece of bread, and I wiped the plate. I used my fingers, my hands. You know, when you're poor, you clean up. And, and, and I ate with somebody. They took me to an Indian restaurant one day, and I said, Brother, you don't mind if I eat with my hands, do you? Sure, don't, no, no problem, Elder. He regretted it. I started grabbing everything because I'll grab the bread, and with the bread, I'll grab the peas. I'll just grab them. The thing of the fork, and the, some of you hold it, like, correctly. If you invite me over, you will be in shock, because I'll ask you for permission to eat with my hands. With a fork, I cannot clean a plate. But with a tortilla, I can leave it as shiny as when you first pulled it off the tray. Because I was raised that if you got food, you don't throw it away. And yet... There are people at church who treat God's blessings like food to be thrown around. And we'll have spiritual food fights in churches and communities. Amen. And it gets out of hand while people are starving in their sins outside. We dare fight with spiritual food. Imagine what the Lord must think when we forget about our call to discipleship and we end up coming after each other instead. The character of Christ revealed in His people is best understood if you examine His character. Stop debating. Let's look into the Word of God. When Jesus ministered on this planet, if you will look with me in the book of Matthew, when Jesus ministered on this planet, He demonstrated what His character was and what it is. Jesus had a way of astounding people because, first of all, when you think of the character of Jesus, when you think of the character of Jesus, I I remember the paintings of Jesus. He, He appeared to be 
some kind of a, a sleeping... Have you seen the paintings where Jesus looks like this? Now, there are those who study art and can tell you, you know, what era of, you know, the Renaissance, the different, the Baroque period, the different types of expressions of music and art from that. And Jesus looks like this. Well, usually it's because they used a human model to stand there. Okay, so it takes three days to do the painting. This is your fourth hour. Please, can I leave? Can I take a break? And you start looking droopy and sad, and probably there are people who actually thought that Jesus was droopy and sad. There are people who think of Jesus as some, some kind of a boring something. That is not Jesus. A human caricature of boring, tired something. Let's read about Jesus and his character. He describes it to his disciples. Notice with me in Matthew chapter 25, in verse 34 and onward. This is when Jesus takes us to his throne. Now imagine this. The king is receiving us. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. And look at the description, the litany that he describes. For I was hungry, and you gave me to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me to drink. Says here, I I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was in prison, and you came to me. I was sick, and you visited me. Then the people said, when did we see you in in all these situations and we took care of you? And then Jesus says, as you have done it unto the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you have done it unto me. When Jesus launched his ministry, he immediately got into trouble because Jesus was seen cavorting with sinners. Now, 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 this is a society that had no patience for sinners. And it's very similar to society today. I got out of a car one day in Santa Maria, California, very upset. Uh, it had run out of oil. I had punctured a hole in the oil pan, and for whatever reason, it all leaked out, and my engine just melted and turned off. We coasted into a Taco Bell nearby, which was the welcome salvation of the moment. I get off at Taco Bell realizing I've just lost the engine in my car, and I'm not feeling too good about myself or about this planet at that moment. There was a homeless man sitting there at the entrance of Taco Bell, hoping to gather enough dimes, quarters, nickels, and pennies to buy himself some food. And when I walked by, I didn't even notice he was there. But somehow my eyes must have glanced across him. And he says, what? What are you looking at me dirty for? I'm a human being too. And he woke me up. I'm sorry. What did I do? Yeah, you're looking at me like you think you're better than me. No, I'm not better than you. I just lost my engine on my car. Well, at least you had something to lose. I have nothing left to lose. I said, man, are you hungry? Yes! So as he told me off, we went in to eat. 
It was great. He ordered two burritos. It was wonderful watching a hungry man take in some food. We talked. He said, sorry, I was rough on you, man. It's because everybody gives me a dirty look. People tell me terrible things. I'm not able to have a job. And they keep telling me, go get a job. One day, somebody's going to say, I have a job for you. You see, when Jesus launched his ministry, he immediately went to find these people that nobody likes to find. Other times, Jesus was in trouble because he was seen with sinners and publicans. These are, these are embezzlers. These were people who, who stole from the people. He was seen with them sitting and eating. This was prohibited. And so in our cultures, in most places on the planet, there are people you're not supposed to be seen with. But Jesus did not come to save holy people. He came to find the marginalized, which is pretty much most all of us, so that he can save us. He came to call disciples. He didn't just come to call good people to be disciples. He came to call anybody and everybody. If you're at home and you know you've messed up, the Lord has come to call you too. If somebody told you, what are you doing at church? You know you're a hypocrite. I'm glad you're at church. The church needs more hypocrites. That happened one day because a sister came to me crying, Pastor. And I said, what's the matter? The church is full of hypocrites. What do you think? I said, amen. Praise the Lord. If I have to choose between a hypocrite sitting at home or a hypocrite sitting in the presence of God, I'd rather have him in the presence of God. You see... Jesus was seen with men and women of incredibly questionable character. He was seen extending forgiveness to a prostitute in front of holy men from the church. He was incredibly shocking in his capacity to serve those that nobody else wanted to serve. In our societies, we talk about needing more prisons. We talk about needing more stricter sentences and more judges and and more police. We have to clean up this society. Are you aware that some of the greatest industrialized nations, and I'm thinking like the United States of America, we have the largest number of incarcerated people on planet Earth for being such a free society. We have millions and millions and millions of our citizens in prison, and it's not enough. We want more. And you know what's shocking about this attitude? It doesn't occur to us that Jesus went to visit inmates. And Jesus calls on us to love inmates. Yet our culture teaches us to reject and resent inmates. In fact, we want to be there when they lose the key. And if an inmate is to be executed, we actually think it's a good thing to watch him die and still say on television, he didn't suffer enough. People who think that way have never had a loved one in prison. I have a lot of my friends and loved ones locked up. And when I hear someone referred to an inmate as a piece of scum, they're offending my family. Because Jesus Christ came to seek and to save the lost. There are people who are not in prisons who are more lost than others who are in prison. Jesus took time. Other times, he would appeal to the sick. Now, think about this for a second. Leprosy, which until recently was an incurable disease, 
And, and, and it's a, a disease of the nerves. And, and you can have accidents and all kinds of things and you lose sensation and feeling and you can have horrible infections and lose limbs over time. Lepers were considered people who were being punished by God. And there are still today people who actually think that there are diseases on this planet that God gave people to punish them. Like when the disease AIDS came to this planet. There were some who said, God is finally punishing homosexuals. But now that AIDS seems to belong to everyone, we realize that such claims were always wrong from the beginning. When disease afflicts us, it's not a punishment from God. It is part of living on this terrible planet of sin. And since Jesus came to this planet, He, in His character, demonstrated that He was not afraid of confronting anything in life. He went into the leper colony. Lepers had to cry out, unclean, unclean. And people fled from their presence. People were scared of the leper. But Jesus was not. One day while Jesus was preaching, a leper came down the hill. And as everybody saw him coming with horror, a human aisle opened up. And the the disciples cried out, Master, get away, hurry. He's getting close to you. And as the, the leper approached Jesus, he fell on his knees before him. And he says, if you want to, you can make me clean. And then Jesus broke the law again. To everybody's horror, he reaches out to touch the man. That was forbidden. And he says, I will, as he touches him. You can hear the crowd. Pero eso no se permite. That's against the law. Who does this think? Who does he think he is? This is not permitted. I will. Be clean. And the gentleman with leprosy... His skin was more beautiful than even all the sisters who were gathered there that day. Because when Jesus cleanses the body, he can always cleanse the soul as well. He was seen touching lepers. He was seen cavorting with drunks and people partying. He wasn't there to party. He wasn't there to get drunk. He was there to save them. One day at one of my churches, one of my young people was not there. And his mother came to me, Pastor, I don't know what to do. My boy's working at the bar down on C Street. Now, if you know where C Street was back there, nobody went to C Street. I said, what's he doing? Well, he's tending bar. Oh, yeah? Which one? It's the other one. I want to name it so the the churches where I pastor go find their C streets. And I went to the bar. This is Sabbath morning at approximately a quarter to ten. And I walked into the bar. The old wooden door with the spring, you know, closed behind me. As I walked into the bar, I saw him behind the counter. I said, Lord... I'm being led by your spirit because I'm scared to death in here. A man with a suit means a man with money, but they don't know I work for the Seventh-day Adventist Church. I have no money. I'm just a minister of the gospel. Praise the Lord. 
But a tie can sometimes be mistaken for money. A businessman's gotten lost. Let's jump him and take all 38 cents from his pocket. And so I walked up to the bar, and I tried to get up on the stool, but it was too high, so I gave up. Most stools are too high for me. So I leaned up on the counter and looked like a little boy. And the guy was wiping the counter. What do you have? I said, your soul, man. Oh, pastor. Pastor. There's an explanation for this. You don't have to explain to me, man. Look, pastor, please don't lecture me. Don't preach. I didn't come to lecture you or to preach to you. But please, what are you begging for, man? I'm here because we love you. We miss you. We've been praying for you at church. But this is my job. I have to pay the rent. I commit to you in the name of Christ. We will find a job for you this week. Got some friends. We'll hook up. We'll get you a job. Serious, Pastor? Because I'm scared. I have problems. Praise the Lord. You're coming to the right place. Come to the presence of God. Take off that apron. And then his boss came out. What's going on out here? This is my employee. Not anymore, he ain't. Come on, man. He took off his apron. And he went back to church. You know where I learned that little trick? By studying about the character of Christ. He came to find sinners. Not to condemn them, but to save them. You see, Jesus loves us the way we are. And Jesus always first met people's needs. He didn't preach sermons to people who were hungry. He fed them and preached to them. He didn't preach sermons to people who were sick. He healed them and preached to them. He didn't preach sermons to people who were dead. He raised them from the dead and brought them words of love and strength and future. He didn't merely sleep through storms. He calmed them. And went back to sleep. You see, brothers and sisters, we serve a Jesus who demonstrated a character far beyond all the debates and food fights we have spiritually in many places. Jesus came to show that he came to save us, to call disciples, and people would follow him, and then they became disciple makers. The character of Jesus is something that is clear to see in the scriptures. Why are we confused in any way? I know what some are thinking. Well, if he's the son of God, he had an advantage, you know, like he has divinity on his side. No, let me tell you how it was. Remember when Jesus was dying of hunger, 40 days and 40 nights without eating and drinking, and then the devil appeared to him and said, if, you're, if you really are the son of God, go ahead and turn the stones into bread. And he was the son of God. He could turn the stones into bread. He could have easily made plenty of food for himself. But he didn't come to save himself. He came to save us. So he did not turn the stones into bread. He did not have the advantage of using his divinity. He chose to remain human so that everything Jesus did, you and I can do. The same Father in heaven that he relied upon, you and I can rely upon. The same Holy Spirit that gave him words and power to heal and to drive out demons is the same power that God makes available to his disciples today. 
The character of Christ was not a debate. It was constantly a shocking experience to his disciples who continued to fight over who was going to be first in the kingdom once Jesus killed the Romans and set up his throne. After a glorious revolution in Jerusalem, Jesus showed that his kingdom's not of this world. His kingdom is made of disciples who make more disciples. And he told them, you will have these same gifts to touch others. The character of Christ... The character of Christ, an inspired prophetic writer named Ellen White, wrote that one day, at the end of time, the character of Christ will be perfectly revealed in his people. Then he will come. The character of Christ will be revealed in us, his disciples. We will do what he did. That means, if you listen carefully, this passage in Matthew chapter 25 makes a lot more sense. If someone is hungry, we give them something to eat. If someone is thirsty, we give them water. If someone's in prison, we actually quit complaining about not having enough stiff stiff sentences and enough jail cells. And we actually go and start loving inmates and taking the love of God to them where they are at their cells When people are sick, we don't merely kneel at home and pray for them. We actually go to a hospital to see them. Have you ever been in a hospital? What did it feel like to have someone come and see you at the hospital when you were sick? Have you ever been at home feeling very ill? You're a shut-in. You're unable to get out. What does it feel like to have someone come and visit you? I saw a poster on on a hallway once in a building that was not even a Christian building. The poster, I cannot remember the entire text, but it had something to this effect. I was hungry, and you formed a humanities club to discuss my hunger. Thank you. I was in prison, and you went to your house to pray for my release. I was naked, and in your mind you debated the morality of my appearance. I was thirsty, and you thank God for your jug of water. You seem so holy. You seem so good. But I continue to be hungry and lonely and cold. What does it profit us to simply be a disciple of Jesus that thinks that everything is best when we only go to church. Jesus did go to church, to synagogue once a week. That he did. But his greatest works are not what happened inside the confines of a beautiful temple. Jesus' greatest moments were out among the people. Think of it. What sick person ever remains sick after being with Jesus? Think of it. What person who's discouraged ever walked away completely destroyed from the presence of Jesus? What person who was dead remained dead after he stood before them? Jesus, as we would say back on the streets, took care of business. The character of Christ must be perfectly revealed in his people, and then he will come. You see, because if the character of Christ is in us, then we will do the works of Christ. Then others will have their needs met. One of my greatest ministry goals has been in life to do gang ministry. Kids on the street are my passion because I was once one of them. My brother never made it off the street. 
The day before yesterday, we went a few miles over the ridge over here to see his grave. When my brother died, his body was dumped behind a warehouse. He decomposed back there. Finally, the homeless people complained that they couldn't stay back there. Could somebody please come and remove the body? I talked to Detective Philip Aninos of the Los Angeles Police Department. He said in 22 years of working on the LAPD force, he had never seen such a, a grotesque scene as the condition of his body when he was removed. He was taken literally three blocks over the Mission uh, Bridge to, to the L.A. County Coroner. And there, although he was murdered with many witnesses present, his death was ruled an accidental homicide. They took his body to the morgue and where they kept his personal belongings. He was put into a pine box and nailed shut with actual nails. And a guy in a rusty white Chevy van, while drinking beer, drove him to a military cemetery in Riverside, California. There, without ceremony, he was deposited into a hole neatly dug with a tractor. It was covered over with dirt. Somebody played taps, and they walked away. We found out he was gone four months later. My brother died only a mile and a half from a church. How can it be that no one ever talked to him, loved him, and took him in? You see, it's personal. If my family is only scum, then we just continue to die as scum. But somewhere I discovered that we serve a Jesus who served and loved people like my family. If you're a disciple of Jesus, then anyone and everyone is a son or daughter of God. And enough talk Ladies and gentlemen, enough debate and spiritual food fights. Quit fighting about the character of Christ and get out there and demonstrate it by loving people. I'll never forget Mother's Day of last year. My mother, I called her. I, I know I'm fortunate. I still have a mama to call on Mother's Day. I called her. I called to say, I love you, mom. And she says, son, mijo, I'm celebrating Mother's Day in a special way this year. I said, tell me, unprepared for what she was going to say. Mijo, I have great news. My Mother's Day present this year is that I forgive the two men who killed my boy. I was in shock. Say again? Yeah, mijo, I got to forgive Indio and Güero. What they did was evil. They took my boy away. But I want them to be saved. That is the character of Christ. Because Jesus forgave to the uttermost. There was no sin from a repentant heart that Jesus did not forgive. You see, Jesus was a servant. Jesus met needs. Jesus forgave sin. When that prostitute snuck into the house where Jesus was being honored by religious leaders, a girl broke an alabaster container with very expensive perfume. 
And she began to anoint his feet. She was overcome with, with emotion. She began to cry. And of course, the religious leaders were horrified that a prostitute was in the house. One of them had been the one responsible for introducing her to sin and destroying her life till then. And Jesus shocks them by forgiving a prostitute. And they're all thinking, but who is this man who thinks he can forgive sins? He says, so that you may know that the Son of Man has power to forgive sins. He turns to her. He says, your many sins are forgiven you. That is the character of Christ. Have you forgiven people? Has somebody hurt you? Well, no. She knows what she did. She knows. No, no, no. I'm not even going to talk about it. She knows what she did. Forgive her. That's the character of Christ. Forgiving the unforgivable. Daring to cross a line to love someone who is unlovely. The character of Christ. Have you seen the sign of His character in your life? You must move from religion to faith. From a body of beliefs to a relationship with Jesus Christ that is understood in fundamental ways. You must come to reflect His character. A character that is not merely reflected once a week in a sanctuary. A character that is seen out in a community by those who need to see Jesus the most. I praise God for the family who brought us food in Christmas Eve 1968. That is how we got to know Jesus. Through four boxes of food on Christmas Eve brought to us by the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Food can go a long ways if I need it. Don't give me a Bible study while my stomach is growling. Give me food. And then a grateful heart will say, Why are you guys so nice to us? I remember I Okay. Look at me quick. We've been really hungry. Because we're Christians. Christian? What's that? And then... You open to me the kingdom of heaven because you're meeting my needs. You show me you love me. Not after my soul. You're after my heart. You're loving me. And that's what made the difference. Thinking back on moments of my life I think again I know How he died and how we live the character of Christ shines on us. Yes, the character of Christ will draw. Of Christ will draw. 
character of Christ. Let's quit talking about it. Let's have people see the character of Jesus in his disciples. In this way, Jesus says, men will know that thou art my disciples, that you do the works of him that sent me. In this way, they will know that you are my disciples. Seven signs is about disciples who have such an intense relationship with Jesus that just like Jesus, more disciples are born through what Jesus does through us. If you really want to make a difference in someone's life out there, find out what they need and provide it for them. Set yourself aside like Jesus did and be a servant of all. Be willing to forgive the unforgivable. Do the works of Christ is more than a fight about the relationship between faith and works. It's about living Jesus and doing what he did. I invite you in a special way tonight. Have you seen the sign of his character in your life? This is your night. Let us pray together. Father in heaven, thank you for the character of Jesus that shines in our hearts tonight. Jesus was not known for arguing theology with scholars, although he could. Jesus was not merely known as one of the greatest preachers who ever lived, although he was. Jesus was not known for just his great personhood and personality at the sanctuary every week, although he did and was. Thank you, Lord, that throughout the scriptural record... Jesus is known as the one who fed the hungry and hung out with people that no one should hang out with, meeting the needs of those marginalized and rejected by us and loving them to the point of saving them. Teach us your ways, O Lord. May we be disciples who reflect the character of Jesus. In these last days, a movement of disciples across the planet making more disciples by loving others as he loved, by serving others as he served, by forgiving others as he forgave, by restoring others as he restored. We ask that you perform this miracle in our hearts tonight. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.